Hello everyone. Welcome to I'm Not a Victim. My name is Lauren Coletti, as you should probably know by now, and I'm your host of this podcast. Welcome. I'm going to be doing a lot more video episodes in the foreseeable future because I am going to be uploading these onto YouTube. Don't ask me why. I have no idea why. I fear YouTube so much because everyone has something to say and it's typically very mean. And right now I'm in my PJs, just got out of the shower, looking like a complete nerd and not a sexy geek with my blue block glasses on. So if you are just listening to the audio, that's cool. I was just considering recording audio, but we're going to be doing a lot more video episodes for the sole purpose of just making reels and stuff like that. I'm going to try to get into the TikTok game. I'm going to try to be more active on social media in terms of my content. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I am not tech savvy whatsoever. I don't know how the kids do it these days. I need to stop saying that though, because I keep affirming that. And then I feel like I'm not capable. Um, it's a whole inner narrative limiting belief that I have going on. But anyway, thank you for joining me today. So it's kind of funny. This is my third take of recording an episode for this show. I <laughs> tried last night. I must have recorded three different episodes and I was just like, no, like this is just not happening. So I gave up. I really don't have anything in particular I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, kind of just see where it takes us. And I don't like making videos when I'm not feeling inspired, but I do feel like I need to make a video a week. So it's probably not going to be the best video, to be honest, because my episodes are really, really good when I'm feeling very driven and motivated to record something. Tonight is not one of those nights. I don't really feel like I have much to say. But we'll just see where it goes, and if worse comes to worse, then I will not put this episode out. Um, I kind of did want to talk about social anxiety today, though. The other day, I was just reflecting on my social anxiety, and I don't think I really have social anxiety anymore. I used to have debilitating, I mean, it was crippling social anxiety, the point where I couldn't even go out. Like, I would call out of work because I felt so ugly <laughs> and I felt so hideous to the point where I didn't want anyone to see me because I was so scared of people seeing how gross I was. And so I'd call out of work because I had a pimple. Hello, pimple right there. Don't really give a shit anymore. <laughs> Even though I'm 30, I don't know why I still have acne. I I've actually been breaking out really bad lately um, on my chest. It's like a whole thing. My chest is so broken out, my back and a little bit on my face. It's all hormonal. I know because I went off my birth control two months ago. So my skin is just purging and acclimating. And also it's disgustingly hot here in New York. It's been like a hundred degrees the last three weeks. And you know, on top of that, sweating. I've been working out more this week, so it will calm down eventually. But um, anyway, I was saying that I used to call out of work because I was so self-conscious. I did not want anyone to see me. Um, on days when I would feel fat, I would not go to school. I'd skip class. 
and just spend my days working out. I also had an eating disorder, by the way, if this is your first time, welcome. Um, we just, we just go right into it. We don't hold anything back. So on top of my eating disorder, my depression and anxiety, social anxiety, it was just, I was a hot mess, miserable. I think I had some extent of agoraphobia because I did not want to leave the house. Still to this day, I don't like leaving the house much. It's been getting better now that I have a job that is not remote, sad face. Um, I'm forced to leave the house and I'll be honest, most days I do not want to leave my house. I'd say four out of five days, I wake up, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I have to go to work today. <laughs> and um, I get so sad when I leave the house because I feel so safe in my house. Outside, especially as a trauma survivor, if you have been any uh, subjected to any sort of you know, interpersonal trauma, a lot of times out there feels so dangerous. And when I'm in my room, my home, it's kind of like my safe haven. I know my surroundings. I'm not around people that I don't know. I'm not bombarded with traffic and sounds. It's just very overstimulating. So my social anxiety used to be really bad. I lost a lot of friends because of my social anxiety in my early 20s, I would say it was at its absolute worst. It started getting bad in my late teenage years because I was bullied pretty bad in middle school and high school, and hence why I have such bad body image and self-esteem issues, but it got really bad in, I want to say, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. It was at its worst. Um, I lost so many friends because... A lot of people, when you're 20 years old or you're even 23, 24, want to go out drinking to bars and being a super sensitive introvert, that was like the epitome of misery to me. I did not want to be in a crowded bar. I did not want to be in a club. Still to this day, like I cannot stand clubs and bars. I can take it for a few hours. I can suck it up like a champ and go to a club or a bar for maybe like three hours max, but after that, my energy, I'm just exhausted, I'm in a bad mood, I get physically sick, I cannot take the stimulation. Um, and a lot of people in their early 20s, even nowadays, guys, this is so weird, like you would think that when people approach 30, their tolerance for like staying out till four in the morning drinking gets lower, but I feel like a lot of people are still enveloped in that kind of environment. I'm not one of those. If that's your jam, you do you. Um, but it's, it's still not going anywhere is what I'm noticing personally. So I lost a lot of friends because of that. That just, that wasn't fun to me. What's fun to me, think I'm a nerd or whatever. I love reading. I love writing. I love documentaries. I love I'm just like very low key. I'm a homebody. I love watching a movie at home, um, doing yoga, like going out in nature, going to animal sanctuaries. Those kind of things are so life giving to me. And the other stuff, the drinking, the partying, the clubbing, like that's so life taking. It drains my energy and um, still to this day, but I don't have social anxiety anymore. That's the difference. You know, I think a lot of my 20s was spent rejecting myself and I rejected myself because I wasn't like the other people. Still to this day, I 
don't feel like I fit in. I don't feel like I belong anywhere. I always feel like an outsider a majority of the time because what people my age find fun, like I do not find fun whatsoever. And when you grow up different and you're not into those things that people your age think are just glorious and like super cool, you feel like what's wrong with me? Like what's wrong with me that I would prefer going to a library over a bar? What's wrong with me that I would rather take a walk in nature than going to the club on a Saturday night? Like you internalize that shit because extroverts are praised in society. You're told if you're outgoing, then that means that you're fun. And if you're fun, you're desirable. And if you talk a lot and you have a lot of confidence and you're flirty, that is what we're going for. So when you're someone that is a highly sensitive person and is extremely introverted to the point where I could only take peopling for so long, like I can only take socializing with maybe three people that I'm comfortable with, if I'm put in a place outside of my environment where I'm thrown into a situation, a party or something like that, and I'm around a lot of loud noises, people drinking under the influence, it's just, it's so, I feel like I'm crawling in my skin. And so I developed this belief about myself that I'm a loser, I'm not cool, people call me a grandma, people call me all these things, and it used to make me feel really bad about myself because I wanted to be like everyone else. I wanted to belong. I wanted to feel like I fit in. But now I'm recognizing that since a lot of people on this earth suck, maybe it's a good thing that I'm not like most people, you know? And I don't pretend to have a good time anymore. I used to be, if you put me out of my element, and of course, it's good to be flexible. It's good to adapt. It's good to be open-minded and push yourself out of your comfort zone. But it's another thing when people don't give a shit if you're uncomfortable, people don't care that you're not having a good time, people don't care that you're miserable, as long as they're happy and they're feeling good, then your feelings don't matter. So I used to pretend like, oh wow, I'm at a house party and I'm with a bunch of people that are drunk and I don't like this, I don't feel good about myself, I feel unsafe because as someone that has been assaulted and whatnot, a lot of that can feel very triggering. So I used to just put up a smile and be like, wow, I love my life. I'm going to pretend that I'm having such a good time until I go home because I want people to accept me. But when you reject yourself, does it really matter if other people accept you? Because if those people are rejecting who you are to your core, then maybe you don't want their acceptance. Like maybe their acceptance just really doesn't matter. So all in all, what I'm saying is like, it's okay to be different. It's actually a really good thing to be different because growing up, everyone wanted to be the same, at least in high school. Everyone wanted to look alike. Everyone wanted to talk alike. Everyone wanted to be alike. But being the same, now it's kind of like the opposite. Like you have to kind of be unique and different to stand out and be recognized and blending in just isn't special anymore I feel like so at least that's my perspective and you can feel free to have a different opinion that's totally fine but so my social anxiety all in all really terrible um growing up I always felt like on the outside looking in you know like a fish out of water people made me to feel that way I was too sensitive I was too dramatic I was too emotional I was too I was too much of one thing and not enough of another. And that's been a reoccurring theme in my life. I 
tend to date people that affirm that false belief and I'm working on it, but I was, I was too weird. I was not cool. I, I've never been cool historically. So my social anxiety, terrible in adolescence, teenage and early twenties. But I got to tell you what broke my social anxiety because I don't feel like I have it anymore. Yes, I'm awkward most of the time. Yes, I'm not comfortable in a lot of social situations. And, you know, autism runs in my family. Perhaps I am somewhere, I think we all are somewhere on the spectrum. But perhaps I do resonate with a lot of traits of autism. I've never been formally diagnosed. But I'm open to it. It helps me to feel validated. It helps me to understand myself more. And there's nothing wrong with you if you are on the spectrum. Um, By the way, like that is a beautiful thing. Again, fuck the societal mold. Um, But what kind of helped me to break my social anxiety was actually socializing. And this is something that I find with a lot of people struggling with social anxiety is that they avoid the very thing that is going to force them to grow. And going back to what I was just saying, going to bars and clubs and loud concerts or anything like that, um, it is good to subject yourself to discomfort every once in a while. Like I'm saying, if you can't do it three, four, five days in a row, that is totally fine. But there's something called exposure therapy, which is actually highly effective in treating anxieties and phobias is exposing yourself to that uncomfortable stimuli for an extended or a certain period of time. So let's say that you're really afraid to leave your house. You don't have to start by throwing yourself out and going on a vacation to Australia if you live in the United States. You can just start by opening the front door. You could just start by opening the windows and looking outside. It's really good to challenge yourself outside of your comfort zone but it's up to you. Like you don't want to give yourself a full blown panic attack. So what started happening was my social anxiety was so crippling and debilitating. I'm going to put my glasses back on. Um, when I get in front of the blue light, I will not sleep till like five in the morning. It's crazy how sensitive once again, my brain is. But anyway, if, um, okay. So social anxiety, really bad. We've established that I couldn't look someone in the eye my hands would start sweating. I'd start trembling, um, and just completely shut down. I went into like the fight flight or freeze. I would definitely flight and freeze. So really bad. But then I got a job at target and this sounds so minuscule, a job at target. Wow. Um, when I was 19 or 20, I got a job at target and again, in high school, never fit in. I was bullied really badly. Uh, to the point where it's like a trauma that I'm actively working on in EMDR, but I had no friends really. I lost my best friend of childhood because she went away to college and didn't fully understand my social anxiety. And also when I was 18, I was sexually assaulted on right off a college campus. So I had a lot of PTSD and depression going on along with my bulimia. It was just a recipe for disaster. I was very isolated. I pushed everyone away from me. I just wanted to be alone because again, I felt safe in here. I did not feel safe uh, where I felt out of control. A lot of times when we have social anxiety, when we are with other people, we feel immensely out of control and powerless and it's very disturbing. So I got a job at Target when I was around 20 years old 
And at first it was really bad, guys. Like I used to get full-blown anxiety attacks in the freezer section. I would hide in the freezer. My face would get red. I'd start sweating profusely because I would see someone I knew and I didn't feel like I looked perfect or I just felt so anxious and self-conscious that I would hide in the freezer aisle or go in the back room and hide um, behind a box of Kleenex. So it was really bad at first. I would call out of work a lot of days. But then something miraculous started happening when I was forced to interact with people and strangers, a lot of times it's easier to interact with strangers because we feel like I'm never going to see this person again. So what if they judge me? But a lot of us are afraid of being judged. We're afraid of the way that people are going to react or respond to us. And if they don't like it, especially if you grew up with being told that you need to be perfect or act a certain way to be accepted, we're afraid of people not liking us, which can lead us to become people pleasers. So it was really hard at first, but then something so beautiful happened after like, six to nine months of working there, I started making friends, believe it or not, which was such a corrective experience for me because I had no friends at this time. I felt so lonely and alone. I felt like nobody liked me and I felt just innately and inherently unlovable. And I started meeting people around my age and making a lot of friends. And funny enough, most of these friends were actually guys. So I worked in a section at Target called Hardlines and a lot of the females worked in Softlines. So I was one of the only girls in Hardlines. And to this day, I have some of my closest friends that I worked at Target with. And a lot of my friends were dudes. And it was just really fun being friends with a bunch of guys, which I was never used to because a lot of times in high school, I was told how ugly and how fat and how undesirable I was. So it was really cool to make all these friends. And I started loving going to work every day. Like I would look forward to going to work every day because I would see my friends. And I think that working at Target was honestly one of the best things for me. It took me through a very abusive, violent relationship where I had the support and I got to fall back on my friends who really got me through that time. And I learned confidence. I built social skills. I learned how to look people in the eyes. I learned body language. I learned that even if I'm not perfect, it's okay to be myself. Even if I'm not perfect, other people aren't expecting me to be perfect. Other people aren't expecting you to be as perfect as you are putting the expectation on yourself. No one sees you the way that you see yourself. We see ourselves differently than the way other people view us. So after working at Target, I eventually moved on to work another real retail job. And I think that retail and like service, working in restaurants, some of the best things you can do if you have social anxiety. So a lot of times people with social anxiety won't have jobs because of our anxiety or we'll work remotely online. And I'm here to tell you, I hate to break it to you, that is doing you a huge disservice. That is just looping the pattern in your mind. It's like a marble etched in sand. It's getting the groves deeper and deeper and deeper, and it's reinforcing your anxiety. One of the best things you can do if you have social anxiety is to break that pattern and that loop and cut that shit off. You have to do things that challenge you. And it's not to say to make yourself sick by doing things you hate and abandoning and betraying yourself. But there has to be a balance. There has to be, okay, if I'm going to stay in 
four nights this week, then I'm going to push myself to go out once this week. And then next month, I can go out twice and see how I feel. And of course, have a safe space. Be with people that make you feel good about yourself. Don't be with people that make you feel bad about yourself. Do not hang out with people that tell you that you're lame, that you're a grandma, that you're not cool, that you're stupid because you don't want to do the same things that they want to do. It's okay to have different interests. It's okay to have different values, but we, at the end of the day, we have to be with people that make us feel good about ourselves, that lift us up. So it's okay to be friends with people that have social anxiety. Maybe you can bounce off ideas and give each other suggestions and just validate each other. And But I don't want you to get stuck in feeling like a victim to your social anxiety. Um, if you could just do one thing, make one goal for yourself. Okay, today, instead of ordering on Amazon Prime to get that milk, I'm going to go out to Whole Foods and buy the almond milk in person. And it doesn't mean that you have to strike up a conversation with everyone, but doing little things like that and building that into your schedule is really helpful. You know, um, looking someone in the eye when you check out at the cash register, that might seem like something so minuscule and so small to some people, but that could actually be really rewarding and huge. And I'm not going to say it's not going to suck. It could be terrifying. You could feel so embarrassed, like, oh my gosh, I said or did something wrong. I promise you guys, no one is going to bed at night thinking about, wow, that girl didn't look me in the eyes when she bought silly putty at the dollar store today. What a weirdo. What a freak. Like no one is thinking that. And speaking of silly putty, when I was in eating disorder recovery, we used to have silly putty because even to this day, like I still have social anxiety, but just like very little of it. It, it will peep, peak up. Um, but I wouldn't say that I'm someone that has social anxiety. I just have anxiety in social situations to a little bit, to a little extent. But it's not all-encompassing where I, you know, have to take medication for it or talk about it in therapy so much anymore, which is great because then we can look back and see how much we've grown, how far we've come. But social, social anxiety, uh, silly putty is really beneficial. We would use silly putty in our hands or have some sort of sensory, um, which is also used for people that are on the spectrum, having those sens sensory items and tangible items to play with could be very soothing. And learning self-soothing techniques and calming strategies is extremely helpful for when you are in social situations because a lot of times we can't avoid it. We can't avoid a family party. We can't really avoid a wedding. We can't avoid a wake. A lot of these things, it, it comes with the territory of being human. And sometimes we do have to do things we don't enjoy, but having self-calming and soothing strategies at your fingertips can be really helpful. So silly putty or mindfulness. What are five things I'm seeing? What are four things I'm smelling? What are three things I'm feeling? What are two things I'm hearing? What am I tasting? That is really grounding and having those grounding techniques, even if it's a five minute meditation, even if you go on YouTube and look up guided meditation for social anxiety and do that 10 minutes when you wake up in the morning or for you know however long before going out deep breathing and breathing techniques, extremely grounding, doing things you like, you know, for me, something that's very relaxing and calming and grounding is yoga and having a place to put that excess energy and that worry and those fears and those anxieties is 
really beneficial. I love journaling too. Journaling at the start of your day or the end of your day or before going out on a date. That's huge. Dating with social anxiety could be a whole nother topic. But these little things, like I said, they might seem stupid to someone else, but they are really great victories that you should celebrate and successes within yourself because people don't know how hard it is dealing with social anxiety. It, it really is an inner battle. And I have to say that it is very difficult. And I did have an episode the other day where, uh, what happened? I had like a wardrobe malfunction at work th this last week. I swear there was like holes in my pants and my shirt was see-through and all these things. And one day I went to work and I looked in the mirror and I just, I felt it again. You know, these things, they pop up from time to time and don't expect yourself to be perfect with this. It's not like you go to bed and one day you wake up and it's like, whew, I'm miraculously healed. I wish it was that easy, but I got to work and I just felt so ugly. <laughs> I was like, wow, my skin is all, is like looking really kind of funky this last few weeks. And I, I felt fat and I just felt like so not pretty. And I was tempted to leave, you know, I did leave early one day last week because my insecurities were creeping up. That's another story for another day. My depression is kind of rearing its ugly head lately. But, um, I said to myself, I said, you know what, Lauren, fuck it. Fuck. If other people think I look bad, is that going to take away me doing my role? Like does being pretty have absolutely anything to do with my position at work? No, it really doesn't. And it's better if I look ugly at work because I'm dealing with people that I have to have boundaries with physically and, and things like that. So I said, you know what, who gives a shit if I look ugly today, I'm going to do the best that I can while I'm here. I'm here. I might as well do a good job anyway. And I just pretended that the mirror didn't exist. There's so much more to life than what other people think about you. There is so much more to life than having a good hair day, a good skin day, or a nice outfit, or a hot body does not define you. What defines you is how you show up. What defines you is your character, how kind you are to people, how compassionate and empathic you are, and understanding and a good listener. These are the things that define us. It's not other people's judgments. It's not who other people expect us to be or want us to be or think we should be. That's all you, boo. You set those standards. You set those perimeters for yourself, not other people. So all in all, it can get better and it does get better and it does get easier with patience and practice. Have some grace for yourself. Have some sympathy for yourself. Give yourself room to fuck it up. Give yourself room to take five steps backwards and then two steps forward and then one step backward and then 10 steps forward. Like life is cyclical. It's, it's not all, you know, an uphill journey. Recovery isn't linear as they say. And Katie Morton says it's about progress, not perfection. So I hope that this just gives you some hope because I am a recovering social anxiety survivor. And, um, you know, I'm 28 years old if I could tell my 18 year old self how much hope there is that it's not always going to be like this, there's going to be bad days. There's also going to be good days. Everything in life is temporary. Nothing, no feeling is permanent. Um, 
and emotions are not permanent. So don't make permanent decisions based on temporary feelings. That's really important. And you've got this. I have so much faith in you. I believe you can do it. There's so many resources out there. There's support groups, which could be very powerful because we're with other people and we're forced to interact with people. We're forced to communicate and communication is a skill that you can learn. And I'm learning it. I'm practicing it. I'm constantly working on it and you can too. So I just hope that this brings you just a little faith in yourself, believe in yourself. And I promise that this too shall pass. So thank you so much for watching or listening today. Um, I feel like this went in a completely different direction than what I had initially planned, but I do like where this went um, because shit, like I'm feeling motivated from my own words. So hopefully someone else can find this inspiring too. If you would like to stay up to date with me, I'm going to start a blog with my poetry and just some life lessons and wisdom that I've learned along this dirty, messy, beautiful, and rewarding path. Um, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for my book soon to come out. I think it's coming out the first week of September, which is really cool. And, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Lauren M. Coletti, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks for watching.